blessings are great there. I thank you to Miss Ian and Matthew and Eleanor for being leading our sun worship. Forgiveness. Forgiveness lies at the very heart of our Christian faith. It is something that we greatly and graciously receive from God. But if we are honest, we find it at times to offer. And it is forgiveness, both the receiving of it and the offering of it that lies at the heart of this parable. It is important to note that this parable is not primarily about salvation. Though we see, and I will touch on it, you can't really ignore it, we will see a wonderful illustration of it. But primarily, the main point of this parable is on forgiveness and on forgiving one another. And as with this morning's parable, the background to, to Jesus' teaching, it was in response to a question. This time, the question comes from one of the disciples. The question comes from Peter. And in verses 15 to 20, again, we need to keep it, as I was explaining this morning, in the context. And in verses 15 to 20, Jesus has been teaching about what to do when a brother sins. That's the context. And verse 21 begins with then Peter came to Jesus and asked Jesus a question. Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Never mind about you having to do it, Peter, if you sin against him. But anyway, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? And being Peter, before Jesus can answer, he comes up with the answer. And he says to him, up to seven times. Now we need to know that the, ra the teachings or part of the teachings of the rabbis of the day reckoned that actually three times was enough. That's, so, so, so Peter kind of reckons that he has been overly forgiven here. Forget the three times, Lord, up to seven bonds from Jesus. As in all of these parables, the real sting in the tail must have been started. Because Jesus says, not seven times, but 77 times. Or as some other translations have it, 70 times seven. For those of you who are good at arithmetic, this is not Jesus giving a set number of times that we are to forgive. Okay? It's not a case of sitting down with some kind of tick sheet or calculator and totting up people's forgivenesses, and then the kind of nearer to 490 we get, we stop forgiving. No. We are to forgive, and we are to go on forgiving. It's not just a shallow forgiveness. It's on the basis of verses 15 to 20. 
And this teaching that Peter is reading and this parable that he is, is speaking about and much of the chapter is actually about kingdom living. That is why verse 23 begins with Jesus speaking and saying that the kingdom of heaven is like. This is about kingdom living. And then he goes on to tell this parable. So right to the outset, put out of your mind any idea that there is a set number of times you are to forgive. Like those who have been forgiven, we are to go on and on and on forgiving, primarily because we've been forgiven in such a way. You know, I speak personally, but probably about yourselves as well, that God could count seven times seven regarding me out of things. We see debts that were owed, forgiveness that was showed, and punishment that was given. Debts that were owed. We have a king, and uh, he wanted all the debts that were owed to him by his servants. We want them all, he wants them all settled. A little bit like uh, this morning's kind of bit of your life will be demanded of you. This might kind of speak of judgment. The servant's been called in. He's got to pay up. And we're told that the first one that came in owed 10,000 talents. This is an astronomical sum of money. Like he went to great lengths to kind of prove what he was on about to tell you, right? But he took time to work it all out. Right? And he reckons calculated on, I was going to say today's, but the commentary was written about 10 He worked it all out, and he calculated it to be at least two and a half billion dollars. That this debt was a debt that could never, ever be repaid. There was absolutely no way that this servant could ever possibly pay this debt. And so the king kind of well within his rights, orders that the man and his wife and his children all be sold into slavery, no doubt, in order to pay the debt. And at this point, there is nothing that this servant can do. As we read, he does. But he's fall down on his knees and he asks for patience. We're told he begged, saying he will pay back everything. That was an impossibility because of the size of the debt. No chance. The debt was so great, he could never earn enough to pay it. Yeah, we'll come back to the kindest points in the next point because we read of another debt, this time by one of this servant's fellow servants. And it's important to realize that this is a fellow servant. He isn't over him or anything, okay? This is a fellow servant. And he owes him a debt. But he owes him a much, much smaller debt. He owes him one of 100 denarii, or denarii, however you pronounce it. One that that same scholar worked out using the same calculations 
to be not two and a half billion dollars. Poor Christ. Stops the man. And he begins to choke him. And he demands that he pays him back now. And, 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 and this fellow servant, he, he does just what this servant had done moments earlier. And he falls down on his knees before his fellow servant. And he asks for patience. And, and he says, look, I'll pay you back. At least with him, it was more likely that he would be able to pay it back. Whereas there's a nonsensical statement about paying the two and a half billion dollar thing. Two debts that were owed. Two debts that needed repaid. Accounts that needed to be settled. As I said in my introduction, I, I find it almost impossible <laughs> kind of to move on to the next point without first mentioning the huge debt our sinfulness. As I said, this parable is not about salvation, but nonetheless you can't help but see it. You can't help see that here in the debt that these two servants owe, particularly the asymmetrical one, is the one that we all owe. Is the one that we are unable to pay. And as we will see in the chapter in just one time. I, I grew up in a church that um, had a very strong and, and, and large uh, male voice choir. And, and, and the male voice choir uh, used to sing regularly at, at the evening services. And one of the hymns that's just kind of stuck in my mind that included these words, maybe smiling and laughing out loud, or smiling. I'm a debtor, I know, and I cannot repay, but the price is too great for me to pay. And we all have this massive debt against God. Our sinfulness is so great and it is so ugly that we can do nothing about it. What we also see is that debt, all debts, no matter how big, no matter how small, needs to be repaid. And we have to be careful of that in regards to the grading of sin. We have to be careful of the attitude that says, well, his or her sin was greater than mine. His or her debt is bigger than mine. Sin is sin. You sin in one aspect of death, you're dead. And we are in death. And like this first servant, there is nothing Secondly, we see forgiveness that was shown. Back to verse 26. Here is this first servant. He has just had this massive debt, along with the threat of he and his wife and his children all being sold, as I said, probably into slavery in order to, to, to repay the debt that was owed. We've just seen it all. 
what's going on. Watch out. Now, we have no idea how this man ever got into this amount of debt. But actually, the size of it and the how is not really relevant. He was in debt. But let me just kind of say here in passing that that debt, financial debt, can be crippling. Be aware of that. That's why organizations like CAP are so good. But as Christians, we need to be good stewards of what God has given us. And not always, as we were thinking this morning, seeking after bigger ambitions. What's this man to do? He's told by debt. He's about to lose his freedom. He's about to lose his family. Well, he does the only thing he can do. He begs. But notice he begs for patience. He asks, he begs his time for patience. He doesn't ask for forgiveness. It's interesting. He doesn't ask for forgiveness. He doesn't ask for the debt to be forgiven. He doesn't even offer some kind of down payment or kind of repayment for it. He knows he's got the fruit without a shadow. He's got nothing to offer when his account has called him to be settled. What a position. What a horrible place or a position to be in. Then look at carefully at verse 26. All this is thrilled me so much this week. Look carefully at verse 26. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt, This was an act of sheer grace. Mercy and love. The king did not need to do this. The king was well within his rights to demand full payment. It was owed to him. There was no doubt about that. But here, here is a king who is Here is a king who is prepared, as it were, to bear the loss himself. And what he does is, he sent this man away. Here again, here again it is patient waiting. Here again the decision of the king. He cancelled the debt. see something of God in this. See that pile of debt, that pile of sin that just day by day got bigger and bigger and bigger until one day he too fell in his knees and he asked and he begged for his Does that sum you up this evening? Has the debt of your sin been cancelled? Have you been set free? Many scriptures and hymns flooded into my mind at this point as I was studying. I love them. 
things like as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our sins from us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful, he's just to forgive us our sins. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The new has gone, the, old, the new has come, the old is gone. My sin, here's a crunch, my sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part but the whole, is nailed to his cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord on my soul and so many more. Oh, do you know that your debt's been paid? How do you know that you have been set free? Joy floods my soul. Why? Because Jesus has saved me. Jesus paid the debt. Is stamped, paid in full. Do you remember that tune? Sung in Christchurch in 1981, Tommy. The joy. And, and, and just the sheer peace. And, and, and a feeling I've never known before, and just as if the whole burden of the world had been lifted off my shoulders. Realizing that Jesus has paid my debt, Jesus has done it all. That's the gospel. He's been set free. And, and, and one, one would think, wouldn't you, that, that he would be, as it were, kind of swinging from the chandeliers. He, he would be on a high. Can you imagine how you feel when your mortgage is paid off? How you feel to be debt free? But that's what's happened here. He, he should be the most grateful person in the whole wide world at that time. But, but he kind of comes out of the, the king's court or wherever he's been and, and, and he meets a fellow servant. Or actually, I don't know if I'm reading too much into this or not, but you can decide and talk to me later. Actually, we are told that he found. Found it. Did he go looking for him? Well, whatever. He finds him, meets him, comes upon him. And what does he do? He doesn't say, guess what? I've just been set free. He grabs this fellow servant by the throat and he demands that he pays him what he owes him now. And this fellow servant does just exactly what this guy had done just a moment or two ago. But he refuses. He refuses. And he gets the man his fellow servant and he throws him into prison until the day fetch the beggar's wages. He's a guy who's just been forgiven of a massive debt yet who showed no forgiveness and no mercy and no love and no compassion one of his fellows. That was a kind of man. Yeah. We have been shown love 
we have been shown compassion. We have been shown forgiveness. And we are to go and do see parables will go on because these are, we, we, we see that nothing as it were goes unseen and there's other servants they're working and they find out and they're greatly distressed and they go to the king and they tell him Verse 32. The master, the king, upon hearing what, what has happened and how this servant has treated this other servant, he calls in the one who has been unmerciful, the one who's been give, who has been forgiven so much, and basically tells him that because I had forgiven you, because I had cancelled your debt, because I saw you and your family, shouldn't you have done to your fellow I need to pay him. The question doesn't even need to be answered. Of course. Of course that sort should have been done. But actually what we see through here now is we see, if you like, the another side of the coin. Because in verse 34, we are told that in his anger, we've seen his compassion, we've seen his love, we've seen his mercy, we've seen his forgiveness. But here we're introduced to something else. In his anger, he turns him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back the two and a half thousand dollars, which as we know, sits with you but doesn't bear for me thinking we see here a king who as Don Carson says Jesus sees no incongruity that is Jesus sees no lack of harmony in the actions of a heavenly father who forgives gives so bountifully and yet punishes so ruthlessly and outrightly. Despite being shown forgiveness, this man refused to show it to others. Verse 35, Jesus brings us to the very heart of this parable. He brings us to its forefront. And that is that as disciples of Jesus, as those who have been forgiven, we are also to forgive 
Jesus is talking here about kingdom life. Forgiveness is a central to fellowship with fellow believers. We are to forgive as we have been forgiven. How was that? We were healed and unconditionally to be forgiven and to forgive is actually to be set free. One of the other scholars make the point that the world's worst prison the world's worst prison is the prison of an unforgiveness. Do you know some of the most miserable people are those who refuse to forgive. It just eats and eats and eats away at them. And this unmerciful servant refused to show the forgiveness he himself had been forgiven. And he paid the price. Let's not fall into that same trap. Rather, let us be those who know what it means to be forgiven. Forgiven is a job that we can never, ever forget. When the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. The servant's master took pity upon Answered his prayer. How are you doing from here on? Be healed. If there's something that you need sorted out with someone, sort it out. If you need to offer forgiveness, offer it. If you need to accept forgiveness, of the unmerciful servant and stand forgiven yourself. Let's sing that hymn. Oh, to see the dawn of the life.